The Nationals end their season with a 71-91 record. That's good for last place. That doesn't seem too good on paper, but it is a vast improvement over last year. What can we expect from the Nationals next year, and what have we learned from the team this year? I'll discuss next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast simulcast on the Believe in Nationals podcast on the Believe Network. I am so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MinuteCast at Manscaped.com. We're also sponsored by SeatGeek. Take $20 off off your first ticket purchase when you use my promo code TalkNats at SeatGeek.com. And we're also brought to you by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness, located at 230 Water Street. Just tell them you want the Nats discount. In today's episode of the Talk Nats podcast, we reflect on the 2023 season for the Nationals. What did we learn this year? What have we learned from the past? And what can we expect from the team next year. So my thoughts on this season were baby steps in the right direction. Far better than anyone else predicted this team to do. Everyone had them pegged as one of the worst of the worst in Major League Baseball. And make no mistake about it, I don't think that the Nationals were killing it out there. Uh, they were 71 and 91, good for last in the NL East. But uh, an improvement, and sometimes that's what it's all about. We do know that this team is in the midst uh, of a rebuild here. But taking a look at it here uh, and their record, a late season regression turned out what could have been a remarkable turnaround, a club record 20 game improvement from the previous year into something less rousing. Even so, uh, win number 70 and then win number 71 in Sunday's finale was significant for an organization that was an abysmal 55 and 107 the year before that piece in mass in there. And that is kind of sobering, isn't it? And we knew uh, when this team was going through a rebuild that it was going to be tough and it has been that. And then some, however, I do believe that the Nationals are actually in a better position right now than they were when they had Max Scherzer, or when they had Trey Turner, when they had Juan Soto. And you might say, Dan, are you nuts? What are you talking about? Those were some all-stars, and touche, you are correct. However, if you take a look at the Nationals' prospects and how they were poised for the future, they went from one of the worst in prospects to one of the better ones in Major League Baseball as far as prospects. After the trade of sending Trey Turner and Max Scherzer out to the Dodgers, after sending Josh Bell and Juan Soto out to the Padres, this team is bit better than it has been in quite some time. And just uh, taking a look uh, at the prospects, you know, and who is going to be waiting in the wings? How is this team better now, you might ask? Well, uh, just taking a look at the outfield in, in particular. Uh, listen, Lane Thomas has killed it this year. He has played so well that it is going to make it difficult for some of these top prospects to find a role on this team. Um, I think that, you know, you take a look at Dylan Cruz, you take a look at James Wood, you take a look at Elijah Green. We saw 
you know, flashes of great things uh, for some other players as well that filled in in the outfield um, that, you know, uh, Lane Thomas in particular has made it difficult for some of those players to get a spot on the team next year. I do think that if Lane had a down season this year, that it would have been, you know, pretty much a given that one of those young prospects would have gotten called up and would probably be playing in that position. And that still might happen, but I do think there are other positions more likely. Uh, if you take a look at the center field position, for example, uh, Victor Robles, I don't know what to make from him. Even after this season has concluded, I'm not entirely sure what to make from Victor Robles. Uh, listen, he was better this year than he was in previous years, but sustainability is what is key to getting uh, a spot every day in the roster. Can he be that? I guess it remains to be seen. Then we take it the left field position as well. Um, that, you know, it was plug and play with a lot of different uh, players out there. You saw how Jake Young filled in. I thought he did pretty good, all things considered. Kind of came on strong towards the end. Far better, I think, than a lot of people had him projected to be. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that was, you know, a, a good thing about this season, I'm going to say, is that the players that were called up this season, for the most part, um, you know, filled in and did an admirable job. I think all things considered, they did a good job. We take a look at the Garcia demotion and then promotion back towards the end of the season. He struggled, uh, but you know, before he was demoted, you know, subsequently that is why he was demoted, but he came back in my opinion as a changed player. And that change was positive. Listen, Davey Martinez said that he wanted for him to work on his consistency and how to be prepared every day as a major league baseball player and that he needed to, to work on his game down in the minors. And he did that. He took the right steps to work on his game. I think that Luis Garcia is going to be the second base, second baseman next year. You take a look at shortstop C.J. Abrams killing it. I absolutely love C.J. Abrams. Uh, you know, listen, I, there was no bigger fan th th of Trey Turner than my, than I was. Um, still a fan at the end of the day, even though he's wearing a different uh, uniform. I still like his game. One hell of a player. But I was more upset about Trey Turner getting dealt than uh, I was about Max Scherzer or any of them. I loved his game that much. I even owned one of his Nationals jerseys, for God's sake. And, you know, those things are a couple hundred buck investment. So you definitely have to be a fan, and I was. Um, but you take a look at what C.J. Abrams has done. Listen, I think the ceiling on C.J. Abrams is actually higher than Trey Turner's. He has done nothing but kill it. I mean, were there brief, you know, gaffes with him at the shortstop position? Of course. Were there some high and low points for him when he was batting? Of course. But what did they do? They kept believing in C.J. Abrams. They put him on that top spot in the lineup. Killed it. I absolutely love what C.J. Abrams brings to this team. There's no worries about him for me. You take a look at the third base position, that is a little bit more questionable. We had Candelario. He was dealt out of the team. We saw Vargas over there. We saw something that surprised me immensely is that Kiboom, all things considered, played a lot better than I projected. Listen, I always dubbed him as the Carter Keyboom experiment because I believed him as an experiment, ultimately never living up to his potential. He made me wrong this year. He actually played a lot, lot better than I thought he was going to, and that was refreshing for me. What is his future on, on this team? You take a look at the third base position. You have Yohandi Morales, you have Brady House, two young prospects that will be great options for the Nationals 
at the third base position. An abundance of wealth. I, I like options. I don't like to have one guy at one position. I like to have options, multiple options, and the Nationals have that. The question for me now, however, is how do they proceed with Carter Keboom? Um, I, I think that, you know, all things considered, he played rather well. He's going to have to prove himself in spring training as they do have viable options. And if not for him, you know, Vargas, he did a good job over there. We saw what he did over there. Um, so it is putting them in a difficult position on how to proceed in the future. Um, and, you know, you've seen certain players plugged and played throughout the lineup. Uh, you want steady eddies as you can as you should say. So is Carter Keboom going to be the starting third baseman next season for the Nationals? He's going to have to prove it in spring training. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the rest of the positions and how I perceive the Nationals did this season, how I think they should proceed next year, all of that and much more coming up. We're brought to you today by Manscaped who has taken a step from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code MINUTECAST for 20% off plus free shipping. And for my Wolfman with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more drawers full of extra add-on, one collecting cobwebs. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 different beard lengths all with one guard. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T for a look as sweet as candy get yourself the handyman from manscaped all right welcome back into this edition of the talk nats podcast simulcast on the believe and nationals podcast feed i am so glad you decided to join me today so a lot of questions abound for me about the nationals going forward some of them i think i know the answers to again if you have been listening to this show i've addressed some of the positions in the outfield i've talked about some of the infield positions uh, let's next talk about first base dom Smith. Pretty good, all things considered. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect from him, but a leadership role he took on, I do believe, um, just on how he's played out there. Uh, you know that he has held certain players accountable. And um, again, he is that kind of elder statesman on the team. I like what he brings to this team. Uh, not always real consistent, but he overall, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that that position is his until, you know, unless they make some sort of acquisition in the offseason, I do believe that Dom Smith is going to be the first baseman. You take a look at the catching position. That was addressed uh, before. We know that K. 
Hebert Ruiz got locked up to a long-term deal. I love it. I think that he has a lot of promise. And one of the unique situations for the Nationals is they have a good option. They have a 1 and a 1A, in my opinion. Yes, I'm not going to say an A and a B. I actually believe it's a 1 and a 1A, where you have Ruiz and Adams, both really dynamite catchers. Uh, can they work on their game a little bit more? Yes, I think they could probably frame things up a little bit from time to time. But listen, they're both young catchers. Uh, we have seen a turnstile at the catching position over the years for the Nationals. I think the Nationals addressed it. I think Ruiz, of course, is going to be the starter. And I think that Adams is going to be the backup. However, I would like to see more opportunities for Adams to get more at-bat time even if he has to be the DH, even if he has to play, you know, potentially at a different position. And I know a lot of people hate when I say that because it was toyed with the idea of him playing at first base. And people have told me, listen, you can't just pick up first base like you're 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 picking up something casually. You got to learn it. I get all that. But if they, you know, get him some reps, you know, maybe in spring training, I don't know. I'm not saying that is a solution. It's just something that I've toyed about. The guy is built like a brick, you know what? And every time that he's at bat, he's got pop in his bat. I think that he has a really great ceiling. And I think, you know, I'm expecting more and more from him. All right, as we take a look at the pitching positions for the Nationals, starting in particular, Patrick Corbin, a bit of an up-and-down season, all things considered, um, and it's hard to know, you know what to expect from him in the future. You take a look at Adone. He had flashes of greatness on this team. Is he going to be the solution uh, for this team? It's hard to say for sure. But there are some players to know, of course, about Cade Cavalli. Mackenzie Gore, two, you know, kind of unproven players. Cade Cavalli, we know the issues that he had where he had to have surgery. And Mackenzie Gore, the guy that kind of overthinks everything. Um, I think that, you know, potentially raw. It's a bit raw talent. There are not a lot of, you know, answers for me on the starting rotation. There are potential pitchers that are going to be on the rotation. It's going to be interesting to see who shakes out, who is going to be on the, on the national starting rotation. It is going to be my belief that they will make some sort of acquisition for some sort of veteran on the team. We saw how Williams struggled. He did not live up to expectation or, you know, potential ultimately. And we saw what happened with Strasburg hanging up the cleats for the last time. So I think the Nationals were kind of up against it the entire way. Another bright spot that, you know, a bit of an up and down season, an all-star, Josiah Gray, make no mistake about it. He is going to be a cornerstone on this national starting rotation. He worked on his game, he struggled, then he worked, he fixed the mechanics of it a little bit, and I think he was really dialed in as the season concluded. Listen, even though a player made progress doesn't necessarily mean they're never gonna get a loss, uh, but all things considered, I am happy with how this team is sitting. All right, once again, I wanna thank you for joining me on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. This podcast will continue in the off season, and I hope to you stick around. Thanks for listening.